What's up, Jews for Jesus friends and family? Uh, we're here in Israel right now in the Tel Aviv branch of Jews for Jesus. I'm with Dan Sarah, the COO of Jews for Jesus. Dan, you came out here during the war. You didn't flee from the war. You're in the States, yeah. and you decided that you wanted to actually come to Israel during this time. So thank you so much for being here. And before we get into that topic of why you would come into a war zone, um, I want to talk about your story. Um, you are a Jewish believer in Jesus. Uh, you were born and raised here in Israel. Mm -hmm. Can you uh, explain to the viewers how, how does that happen? How does a Jewish guy born in Israel um, raised in a Jewish community, sure. put his faith in Jesus as Messiah. Sure. So thanks, Jeff. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great having you. And so I was born and raised in Herzliya, just north of, of, of here, of Tel Aviv, and then um, was raised in a very typical, regular Israeli home, secular, of course. Mm -hmm. Both my parents came to Israel from Romania and met um, in Israel, got married, my brother and I have two children, and my parents are secular and um, atheists, hmm. like most Jewish people, right? Either atheists or agnostics. My parents always told my brother and I that men created God and not vice versa, of course. And even though I was raised in, 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 in a home like that, I always believed that God was real. I never really bought into my parents' atheism. So, for example, each year when we would celebrate the different holidays, you know, Pesach, Purim and Hanukkah, the stories there that are told, um, you know, revolve around God. And I believed that those stories were true and that God was real and that he really did care and deliver um, the Jewish people, myself, my ancestors. When we started, when I started going to uh, the public schools in Herzliya, and we started, we started learning the Old Testament, you know, just like all the kids. Yeah, all the kids get their own they do. Bible, right? First grade. The Hebrew scriptures, the Tanakh. Yeah. The, the the version that everyone would agree with. That's right. <laughs> and not only that, we, we also got like some um, you know, some other books that kind of teach you the Torah and the, the different stories and and I I bought into all of it. <laughs> yeah. My faith in God only increased yeah. through all of that. So then um, you know, of course I was grew up, was time to get bar mitzvah, went through all of that ordeal. At that time, I really got exposed more to Orthodox Jews, <laughs> even though I have some family who are Orthodox Jews, but because we were seculars, there was a little bit of a rift there, you know. But going through my bar mitzvah studies um, in an Orthodox synagogue, really the only option at that time in Israel, you know. Right. And I, I, I got exposed, but it never really appealed to me. You know, believing in God for Israelis mean becoming Orthodox, Haredi. So at that point, when you're when you're when you're being raised, it's either that or or nothing, right? All right. or nothing. It's like, and and there isn't really much to to lean into. So, like for example, for me, I even as a teenager, I remember I believed in God. God was real. Didn't want all the rules and regulation and and some crazy things, you know. And I just said, hey, I'll. I believe in God. It's my faith. And, you know, my parents are secular. I'm secular. Not really sure what it means. Just continued in my ways. And something very significant, though, happened after my bar mitzvah. And about a year and a half later, my dad's job moved us from Israel to New York. 
my dad and had a long career with the IDF. And at some point he started working for the Ministry of Defense in Israel. And at that point he was sent to work on projects um, on behalf of the state of Israel, the Ministry of Defense, and in the States with the, with the DOD and the, the American military and so on. So that was an earth-shattering event for a 14 and a half year old now to move to a new culture, a new country, in the middle of ninth grade, mm. attending high school. Mm. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, um, moved there. We settled, of course, in in, uh, in a very Jewish area on Long Island, which is, uh, you know, in New York, the state of New York, Nassau County. So I graduated from high school, Syosset High School on Long Island. Right after high school, my parents insisted, you got to go straight into more schooling. My parents big on schooling. So I started attending university in New York, Stony Brook University. And my dad is an electrical engineer. My mom studied math and later on went into computers. So, of course, myself went into math, <laughs> just <laughs> like mom. And then while going to Stony Brook, majoring in math, I got a job tutoring students who needed extra helping math. Mm. And one day, um, I'm sitting there and I'm tutoring this, uh, this girl and um, I'm helping her with her math. And, and as I'm helping her, she recognizes my accent in English. And she asked me if I was Russian. <laughs> and I said, no, no way. I am not Russian. I'm Israeli. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, that's wonderful. I'm also Jewish. So now we have something in common, mm-hmm. right? We're both Jewish. So we continue talking um, beyond math. And at some point as we're talking, she tells me that she believes in Yeshua. Hmm. Now, being fluent in Hebrew, as you are right away, I recognized this word, Yeshua. The word Yeshua is the Hebrew word for salvation. But today in Israel, there isn't anybody that is named Yeshua, mm-hmm. right? There's mm-hmm. nobody, that's not a common name that is used. So I didn't really understand. She says, hey, I believe in Yeshua. So I asked. Yeshua, who is that? Never heard of him. And she says, it's Jesus. And that was a shock for me. Mm, I bet. Two reasons. First of all, I didn't know that Jesus' Hebrew name was Yeshua, mm. was salvation. Second of all, I've never met a Jewish person who identified themselves as a believer in Jesus, a believer in Yeshua. So naturally, I was curious and I wanted to know more. Had you learned about Jesus at all? here in Israel growing up? I didn't learn about him, but what I did know is that, um, you know, my parents who loved to travel and they took us to Europe and we went and we visited some some churches, you know, and there I saw Jesus, you know, right. on a cross or here even in Israel as we visited some of the different sites. As you know, a lot of them become a Catholic churches. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of saw Jesus and I knew some things that people said about him. Like that he walked on water. I kind of mind that. But there was a lot that I didn't know. And what what this girl did with me is that she actually opened the Old Testament scriptures to me. And she shared with me prophecies about the Messiah. Mm. Some of these prophecies I knew. Some of the prophecies I've never heard before. And then she, she opened the New Testament to me. And she showed me how Jesus, how Yeshua fulfilled each and every one of those prophecies. And that was brand new to me. Like, I didn't know that, uh, that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that Jesus was, um, was from the line of David, you know, from the tribe of Judah. And I 
shocked me that Jesus, the Messiah, rose from the dead. You know, I've never heard of the resurrection. Yeah. Before I heard of Easter, but I never really knew what it was about. And now all of a sudden I'm hearing, wow. And I'm seeing how in the Old Testament, the prophets um, prophesied that the Messiah would come, suffer for our sins, and then rise from the dead on the third day. And now I'm reading about it and I'm seeing, wow, it's, it's, it's a sure, it's Jesus. That's what he did. Yeah. And it just made perfect sense to me. It was like it, all the pieces came together. It was logical. It made sense. And you're, yeah, you're, you're one of the lo- most logical thinking human beings I've, I've met. You know what I mean? It's like, it has to be really clear and precise and logic and evidence-based, you know? Yeah, yeah. and that's what I found, and it just went alongside with my faith. And um, it just made perfect sense. So, you know, a few days later, I prayed with her to receive the Lord, kind of um, sealed the deal. Mm. And now I have to say that two years later, we got married. <laughs> so it's uh, Dina, my wife today. Yeah. And um, yeah, like like you said, we, we lived in Israel and most of our marriage, most of our lives at this point, and all of our kids were born and raised in Israel as well. Mm-hmm. And today we live in the States, but um, you know, Israel is our home. Our hearts are here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, you know, having your, your kids grow up here and you grow up here, um, what has been, have you faced any kind of resistance or rejection from your family, from friends for your faith in Jesus? Yeah, absolutely. And when I first believed, I actually asked Dina and during that, that, that time where she opened the scriptures to me, I said to her, what are my parents going to think about this? Mm-hmm. You know, which kind of showed you how much I made sense and how much I believe. Yeah. And and she was she was honest with me, you know. She said, "Hey, listen, they're probably not gonna not gonna like this." And uh, you know, she started praying. Her congregation, church people started praying because she told them about me. And it was a small miracle. It was, you know, when I first actually told my parents, it wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. They actually um, didn't really understand, and they kind of treated it as a phase in my life, something that I would that would pass, that's actually what they said. They said, ah, whatever, you'll go out of it. Nonsense. I heard that too. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. which was good because that gave me time to kind of grow in my faith and and understand more, get discipled. Mm -hmm. And later on, they they became a lot more hostile. And um, that was was really, really difficult. They they don't believe um, still, but we have hope. Yeah, yeah, we do. Well, thank you for sharing that yeah. that amazing story, and and you know God's used you in incredible ways uh, since then, and you've stayed strong in your faith, and you're a wonderful teacher of the Bible, which I, I love. So, in light of the current situation here in Israel, you know we grew up watching movies, right? These action movies, these movies where you know people come in with the guns and spray everybody down, and all this horrific stuff, and you know, and we we wonder what would I be like in this situation? Is does this stuff actually really happen in the world? And then it, then it's happening here in our backyard. You know, it's it's happening right here to people that we know. Yeah. Um, yet, you in the states watching this happen, busy at work, this unfolds, and you say to yourself, "I have to go to Israel." Now, most people in my life are asking me to flee from Israel, and I'm just like, "I can't flee from it. these are my people." You know, my wife has family here. We I want to serve and help instead of run and protect myself. I used to be like that. Yeah. You know, but you came here. Why did you come here? Yeah. So when when this 
happened on October 7th, a day that forever, um, it's going to be a day of mourning, yeah. day of remembrance, and awful, awful day. Right away, our first instinct was, we want to come, we want to be, because this is our home. And yes, we live in the States. States is home as well, I guess. But but really, this is where our heart is. Mm-hmm. And um, here in Israel, we have, we have family, of course, but we have so many um, brothers and sisters who in many ways are, are even closer to us than, than family. And, you know, a congregation um, that we love. Yeah. And um, that you used to pastor at as well. Yeah, that's right. For seventeen years, and uh, we, both Dina and I, just just wanted to be here, and we got here as soon as we can. And a lot of it is just to show solidarity and just to say, "Hey, we're here. We're standing with you." And um, also to to come and say, you know, you're not alone, and there are, you know hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people just praying and, 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 and supporting you and, and standing with you and with us. Mm-hmm. And this situation is not just um, affecting Israel and the Jewish community and the Jewish people in Israel, right. but it's affecting um, Jewish people across the world and it's affecting people across the world yeah. and brothers and sisters. So we we wanted to be here to see how we can help, how we can encourage, mm-hmm. and um, also we just wanted to be here with with our people. Right. I understand. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, to just uh, to just be here present, you know. And and I've had people who came to me and said, "Hey, both believers and unbelievers, you know, I've got a Jewish mom. <laughs> can you imagine it? Right. She's in the state. She's like, what? What are you going? Yeah. Don't go." You know, and, and we understand all of that. You know, we're not here to judge anybody. Everybody <laughs> yeah. has a role to play. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I was talking to my mom the other day and, and, and I said, I'm sorry that you have to go through this. Yeah. That your son and daughter-in-law and our family is here in Israel and you have to worry out there. I'm sorry that you have, but, you know, we talk every day, twice a day now. It's brought us, it's brought us closer together, which is great. Um, so as the COO of Jews for Jesus, you know what's going on worldwide with Jews for Jesus. Yeah. You know, we exist in, in many cities across the world. Yeah. What is Jews for Jesus doing at large right now right. Uh, to come and stand by and help uh, the situation here in Israel? Yeah, so um, first and foremost, the most important thing that we could do um, is, is come together and pray. And we have launched, um, you know, through social media, through um, our newsletter, print, Print letters just launched a massive force of prayer. Mm-hmm. And when I said I get, you know, hundreds of people just saying, "Hey, we're praying. How can we pray?" And and I know it's larger than what I see or what I get, yeah. as we know the hundreds of thousands, millions of people were just looking and praying. And and prayer is is the most important thing, right? Sometimes that we can do, we don't do enough of it, right? So uh, first of all, launch this massive prayer and just praying for protection, protection for Israel, protection for Jewish communities. And um, we've seen now an incredible rise in anti-Semitism yep. all across the globe. Um, and um, we were standing firm and we're trying to engage um, the church and Christians and, and a lot are coming, um, coming behind us and behind Jewish communities and Jewish people to stand and speak out against it, yeah. you know, to speak out against this evil. And, you know, and we've 
we've started um, bringing in support to Israel, you know. So um, even Dina and I were able to bring in uh, four large suitcases with just supplies and stuff that the IDF has requested that we that we get. Yeah, healthcare bring, supplies. And, right, and tactical yeah, knee pads. Yeah. Yeah, and the tourniquets, yep. and different things. Yeah, and we don't want to give the impression that 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 the Israeli army isn't isn't supplied and isn't uh, ready for action. But they have just called up what hundreds yeah. of thousands of people right. at a split right. no, at a split notice, and there's a, there's a, there's a scramble, there's a preparing, yeah. and, and the whole country has come together. I want to tell you a quick story. I went down to deliver some much needed goods and necessities to some displaced families down in the Dead Sea. So they came up from Sterot to stay at the Dead Sea Hotel there. And um, I'm bringing this, and I get in a conversation with a gentleman there. His name is Gabby, and, or Gabrielle, actually. And, and we're talking, and he says, my friends were killed. They were laying on the ground for a couple of days before someone could actually get to them. And my heart was just broken, and I'm an hour away from all this, and I feel so far away. Yeah. And I just, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm telling you the story to talk about the heart of the Jewish person, the heart of the Israeli exactly. here in Israel. I said... I, I was so blessed by this conversation with you and I'm happy to be able to help, but I really feel like I can't do enough for you. And I said, but I have to go now and I have to fix my flat tire and my car that I got pulling up into the driveway here. And he says, no, no, no. He gets his son and he says, we're going to change it for wow. you. <laughs> he takes his son outside and they're cranking the car up and they're taking the, the wheel off, fixing it, putting it back on. I barely even got my hands dirty. And it just, it blessed me so much to see that the people that are in shock and grieving yeah. and mourning are still open to help us. And so I, I'm just so glad that you came here. And, uh, and tell us a little bit more about... So that, that's what it's really about. Your yeah. story is so perfect because it's really about the individual. So, yeah, sure, the IDF, they have supplies bringing in huge shipments or whatever. We're just bringing in, um, you know, by comparison, a small amount. Mm -hmm. But what it's really about, it's about the individual and the person. So, you know, just coming in and we're hearing a need, somebody needs a meal or somebody needs a tactical knee pad or whatever, and we're able to go and, and give it to them. Because sometimes, you know, when you have such a big, massive things, you know, you cannot lose the individual. Right. And that's what we don't want to see happen. We want to be able to provide meals and, and whatever we can for each one, each family, each individual. You know, and it's this individual basis, one-on-one. -on -one. And that's what we're doing globally, you know, trying to love and serve our Jewish people, our Jewish community. Right. And this is not really something that we have kind of um, invented. You know, we're not so great. Right. It's really following Yeshua's example. Because, you know, this idea of coming and being with us, that's what Yeshua did. He came down from glory, from heaven. He came in and he dwelt among us. Mm. And he just, you know... Um, Yeshua could have could have done things to the masses, which he did. He did a lot of massive, you know, kind of crowd ministry. But most of his ministry was what? Personal. Was one on one. Mm. Was personal. Was individual. You know. So we know that there is there is um, a huge um, need out there. But we know that also there are individuals and there are people. So it's not about the you know, hundreds of thousands of tons of equipment. Or, no, it's about the individual right. person. And that's what we're all about. And that's what we're all about. So we want to serve the Jewish community in Berlin right now that's suffering. Mm. And in New York City. And hey, the Jewish community and our people here in Israel, if it's a displaced family from the South, or if it's a, if it's a soldier that's serving up North, mm -hmm. or if it's just some, um, some children who, who need some encouragement here, 
in our neighborhood of Tel Aviv, Florentine, you know, where we were able to cheer them up by bringing in some puppies for them to play with. Wow, cute. You know? Yeah, and, it's, and even our own families, you know, I have yeah. children, I have small children, you know, I have a 14-year-old down to a three-year-old. Yeah. And trust me, they don't like hearing the sirens, they don't like hearing the, right. the windows shake when the bombs are either exploded out of the air or hit the ground, you know, it's, it's tough for them. But they're still able to sleep, they're still able to play, um, and they have the support. And so it's up to us to also lift them up during this time as well, you know. Absolutely. And unfortunately, you know, Jeff, it's not the, it's not the first time we have, we have gone through this. So I remember in 2014 when I had small kids. All my kids are much older than you. My kids are now bigger. <laughs> yeah. And, and my, you know, when we were here in 2014 and when there were sirens and in the middle of the night, you have to, you know, carry your kids and, and put them in a, in a safe room. It's, it's not fun. It's yeah. not fun for us. It's not fun for them. You know, but uh, we we remember that at the end of it, our um, our safety and our security, and as much as we appreciate and love this country and and the leaders of this country that we're called to pray for them, even when we disagree with them, and um, or the amazing Israeli defense force that we have, yeah. you know, our security and our defense doesn't come from them; it comes from the Lord. Absolutely. So um, that's that's what we that's who we look to. That's what our hope is in. Yes, indeed. And I want to I want to actually talk a little bit about some prophecy. Just yeah. a little bit. You know, I want to go into the Bible a little bit and I want to talk about um the things that you've seen growing up in Israel. You you went through the uh the war where they were firing scuds from Iraq was Iraq, it? yeah. And uh and during that time you we you know, you we, there was gas masks. You know, fear of chemical warfare. We and that's what we did. We we had to have a room and they said a, an internal room if you can and we had to put like plastic covering. Yeah, fortified you know, so like, because, and then you had to go run into it and then put your, your masks on. And then when they discovered that those, um, a lot of the Scots, they didn't have chemical stuff. They said, okay, go to the bomb shelter, which where we lived in Hertilia, there was one in the building and we had to run and we first had to seal it. So we, we put like plastic stuff on it. Then we would have to run down to it, to the bomb shelter, mm -hmm. close the door and put the gas masks on the whole building, you know, with everybody. It was, uh. It was a really scary time. Yeah, I bet. You know, I bet. For children. Still is. It's it's uh it's crazy. Yeah. So as, as through time, you know, what I've noticed and you know, it's 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 pretty obvious throughout history that mass waves of Jewish people come back to Israel. Yeah. And they come back to the land of Israel for specific reasons. And and sometimes these things happen, war breaks out, something happens and the Jewish people are either coming away from something or coming towards something, but even if they don't want to leave where they are, we still find them coming back yeah. to Israel. Right. Let's talk a little bit about some uh, biblical prophecy being fulfilled in our time yeah. and people coming back to Israel um, and anything you might want to touch on from, yeah. from the Bible. So let's start off with the establishment of this miracle. The state of Israel, the establishment of Israel is, is, is a miracle. Think yeah. about it. I mean, um, there was no Jewish state for a while now, right? We were again in the diaspora, and, you know, in, in, in the largest Jewish community on earth, and, you know, in Poland, now is pretty much exterminated, mm -hmm. right? The Holocaust and, and all the persecution and the pogroms. And, and who would have thought, you know, that, that you would have a state of Israel? I think you go back to the 1920s, about 100 years ago, you know, and that was not a possibility. Mm. There is no way. And then you got, you know, World, World War One, where it ends, and then then you're going into World War Two, 
and let's say you lived through it like my, my grandparents did. Anybody thought that there is any way that, 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 that you could have a country, a place for the Jewish people? No way. Yeah. And you've got this crazy book, the Bible, that talks about how God is going to bring and establish the Jewish people back in Israel. And you look at it and you say, wow, that's crazy. If you believe in it, maybe you start figuring out how should we interpret this prophet? It can't be literally true. Mm. So maybe this is talking about not Israel, but it talks about spiritual Israel. Or you come up with all these theories because there's no way, no way that, that, that you could have a state of Israel. And lo and behold, and God takes something as awful and as tragic as the Holocaust. And, and I mean, you know, we... This miracle, 1948, this country is established, mm. you know. <laughs> we, we lead through, and of course, we know the story, 1967, you know, now Jerusalem is the capital, is united. The, the, right away, 1948, Jerusalem was already considered the capital, but Jerusalem was, was, um, was divided, you know. Mm -hmm. But now it's unified, and, and we've got, um, you know, all the holy sites for, for Jewish people are now under Israeli control. So it's just... Just amazing, mm. amazing, yeah. you know. And in many ways, there's been a lot of comparison um, between the, you know, what happened on October 7th. A lot of people have rightfully pointed out that that was the worst day in Jewish history since the Holocaust. Because mm. you've never had a day with so many Jewish deaths in one, you know, right. in a few hours, really. Right. You know, so it's it's incredible. It's, it's just, uh, you know, it's tragic right the evil right. and that we see all of a sudden and that we remember from the holocaust so what's happening and yeah where is god in all of that and and what and where god is god is suffering god is god is with us god is heartbroken over this type of evil and i i can't help but think okay what's what is god gonna do next i mean from the holocaust we saw the birth of state of Israel. I don't know. I don't know if what's going to happen here. I don't. But I trust that God is in charge. He's in control. And um, at the end of it, I'm confident knowing that he's a promise keeper. So even during the Holocaust, where you thought that it was all lost, and all the Jewish people are going to be destroyed, mm -hmm. what happened? State of Israel is birthed. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, the Jewish population is increasing more and more and more. Um, it's a miracle. It is a miracle. Um, and also, it's, it's great to be here and actually witness prophecy unfolding in yeah. front of our eyes. So. so all the wars and rumors of wars, we're seeing that. Um, you know, we don't want to set any dates because, you know, we don't know. And very clear from Scripture, who knows the times of the return, of the second return. But all these wars and, and Israel being the focus. Yeah. And what is that going to lead to, Jeff? I got to be honest with you. I don't 100% sure know. But what I do know is that we are closer to the second coming. Mm -hmm. And that's our future hope. That's what we're looking towards to. And we know that in the meantime, we have a lot of work to do um, in evangelism right? and bringing the good news, the gospel to Jewish people and really to all people. We know that more and more people and countries are going to turn against Israel and against the Jewish people. And, you know, and we know that despite it all, God works to protect his people. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's the, 
you know, it's two different entities, but, but he works to prepare to, to protect his body and the church, true and Gentiles that love him, that, that, that believe in him. And he, and he works to protect the apple of his eye, yeah. you know, yeah. Israel. Yeah. You, know? you were talking earlier about the individual. Yeah. This is about the individual. I just want to address all the individuals out yes. there. You that are watching, we've heard your prayers. We've seen them coming in. Uh, we've seen your support for, um, for Israel. And we want to thank you for your support um, that's enabled us to provide the care and necessary, necessary items uh, that Israelis and the soldiers are needing in this specific time. Dan, is there anything you'd like to say to the people that are watching right now before we close? Yeah, I want to say thank you, of course, for supporting, for partnering, for praying. And I want to say that this is our time to unify, to stand against evil, to speak up. And if you know any Jewish person, and you know, this is the time that you could really extend to them some love. You can, you can say to them, I'm praying for you. I'm standing with you. I'm standing for Israel. And I'm so proud of brothers and sisters, you know, many in the United States who have now decided to display the Israeli flag and to say, hey, I'm standing with Israel. I'm standing with you. And that is very important for, for a Jewish person. And that could lead you to, to, to speak to them of, of the hope that you have. And, and, and the love that you have for the Jewish Messiah, for Jesus, and just to come alongside them and, and love and serve them. And, um, and of course, pray. pray yes. For the peace of Jerusalem, pray for Israel. And we, could, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. So yes. thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you, Dan, for being here today and sharing thank your you. story and your experience with us. My Appreciate pleasure. it. Thanks. So if you like this kind of content, give the video a thumbs up and leave your comments down below for Dan or myself. Uh, thank you for watching once again and subscribe to the channel and we will see you in the next one. Take care.